Welcome to Network Marketing Breakthroughs Podcast with Rob Sperry, where you will hear stories and strategies to help increase sales in your business. Let's level up your network marketing business with your host, Rob Sperry. We got a special guest on tonight. One of my favorite speakers in the entire industry. He knows that. I don't take that lightly, but I think when you're a great speaker, you got to be someone who's an incredible entertainer as well as incredible trainer. And so every single time this guy gets up on stage, I'm always taking notes. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at his facial expressions. I'm looking at uh, your rhino talks, one of my favorite, by the way. And I'm looking at everything you're doing. I'm looking at how you're cracking jokes. But at the same time, you're empowering people. You're getting them to laugh. You're getting them to cry. And I know that that's, a, that's an art that's difficult to do. And so uh, we've been friends for a while. Uh, I've been learning from you for a while. And so I'm excited to learn some more from you. We're going to get started here. So, Sid, what time is it? You're on the East Coast. What time is it there right now? Oh, brother, it is 9.30 p.m., you know, which is called now o'clock in other people's country and time and all that good stuff. So just perfect time to get rocking and rolling with you, my friend. Perfect time to get going. So before we get started, I get into some of these questions. Where do you think of this stuff? Do you think of it on the spot? Do you randomly think of stuff and just take notes and write it down? Do you, I mean, where do you come up with all of this witty content? I'm not just talking how great your trainings and insightful, but you make it where it's entertaining. Is this something that you've just been developing for a while? Do you listen to comedians? I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, I can't say it really comes from comedians, even though I, I love me some comedians out there. Um, probably some years ago, you know, I, I learned the, the art of edutainment. You know, uh, a gentleman by the name of Greg Hammerman back in the day that I learned some things from. He was one of the the guys who learned a lot of stuff from Bill Gould at the same time. And uh, he said, hey, when people pay attention, they pay attention a lot more when you educate and entertain at the same time. You know, so I like to to combine the both, not to mention that I was the class clown coming up in, in high school. And I like to see people smile and laugh. So I guess that that is, uh, you know, parlayed into the networking world. And uh, I just like to be me and just like to have fun. I think life is too short to be super serious all the time. Um, there's too many people walking around with that big gigantic vein in their forehead with, you know, major headaches all day, every day because they're so forcefully wanting to do something or come across a certain way. And uh, I think life is a lot better when you smile and you have fun, man. You know, so that's what we like to do. Well, good. Well, we're going to jump right into it. I already properly edified said in the title of who he is and what he's done. We're going to get into some of these questions. Uh, some of these questions are great because they're from very top leaders in the industry, which is always fun when you get some of the top leaders in the industry asking questions. So Mr. James Yates, who is also an incredible legend in this industry, had several different questions. Uh, I'm going to give you two of his questions. You can decide which one or both if you want to answer. And his question was, what techniques do you utilize to maximize your team production and produ productivity? That's question one. And I love this. I love that question, but I like the second question even better, James. Both are good. He said, if you were starting out in 2017, what would you do first? And how does that differ to when you first engaged in the industry? So you've been in the industry for 20 years. So I love that question. What would you, you know, maybe you would have done things a little bit different. What would you do right now in 2017 if you were engaging? Gotcha. So you know what? Let's go. Let's go backwards to forward. This man, because my mind works kind of crazy. So let's let's go backwards to the the last question. What would I do differently in 2017 than from you know 20 years ago? Um, you know, my first <clears throat> my first network marketing company was Excel Communications. You know, so that was back you know in the 90s. You didn't have the technology that you have today. You know, I always use the analogy of if you sit back and you think about it. Back 30, 40 years ago, we started off and there was a telephone and people were forced to answer the telephone because if you didn't answer it, you weren't able to talk to that person. You know, then we fast forward another 10 years and there's voicemail, you know, and people are able to leave a message and you can feel free to call somebody back if you wanted to or not. Then we fast forward another 10 years and, you know, now we got caller ID and people can now look at the phone and see, well, I don't want to talk to that person. Oh, that's a... Uh, bill collector. If they're unknown, I'm unknown. You know, then we fast forward another two, 10 years 
Then we have text messaging. You know, now we get upset when people call us because we're like, why is he calling? <laughs> you know, like, he could have said the same exact thing in a text don't, message. Don't you feel like the meanest thing someone can do is leave you a long voicemail these days? Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. What did you have against me? Why did you just do that to me? <laughs> Not to mention that there, isn't it like 80, 90 percent of people on their voicemail, they say for a faster response, feel free yeah. to text. <laughs> and the smart people make sure that their voicemail is full so you can't leave one. Exactly. I love it when I love it when those people are, are like that because you know they check the messages, they just don't delete them. <laughs> yes. so they leave it there full. But uh so when you look at the evolution, you know, technology has changed so much that we can't ignore what we're doing today. We can't ignore what we're doing right now. So when we think about, you know, Facebook Live, when we think about Periscope, we think about YouTube, you know, we think about Twitter, you know, we think about Snapchat, we think about Marco Polo, we think about all these different ways to be able to get the message out. We can't eliminate technology. So what I would do differently than I did back 20 years ago, it's it's probably a little bit obvious based upon we're already on it, but I would really go bananas on Facebook. I would really go bananas on Facebook and really focus on giving people as much value as humanly possible. I think so many people forget how important the value cycle is. And so many people forget that in order to take anything out the well, the well has to be full first. So people always want to recruit people and recruit people and recruit people, and they never put anything inside of their well. You know, I know James does this all the time, and I'm sure he's probably asking the question for a lot of people that are out there. But I would say fill the well up with value. Like fill the well with so much value that you overwhelm people with so much value that when you do launch your business and when you are out there prospecting, that people feel as if you have given them so much value that they want to be a part of your team. It doesn't matter if you're selling acid covered chocolate blow pops. It doesn't matter. They want to be a part of you because they look at the value. They look at the value. They look at what you have poured into them. They look at all the things that you've given them for free. So I would do it from a Facebook perspective. But I wouldn't stop there. You know, I always use the analogy of, uh, you know, the self-proclaimed best rapper alive, you know, Lil Wayne. You know, a couple of years ago, Lil Wayne went to jail. So he went to jail for about a year. You know, and I use this analogy all the time. But when he went to jail, a lot of people didn't know that he was in jail because before he went, he did all these songs and all these videos with different R&B artists, with different rappers, with different singers. He did all this content with all these different people. And then he started, they started his record companies, put it out sparsely. So they didn't like drop 20 videos at one time, but they started slowly dropping these videos, slowly dropping these videos, slowly dropping these songs. And he was everywhere. So you couldn't avoid him. So if you think about that from a networking perspective, some of us just spend all of our time on Facebook. However, YouTube is still the second most largest search engine, the, the second most largest used search engine in the world. Still YouTube, people would rather look at videos than look than read. So if they would rather look at videos than read, then it's probably behoove you to say, you know what? Let me get on YouTube. Let me do Facebook. Let me do YouTube. Let me do Snapchat. Let me tell some people I had a ham sandwich on Twitter. Let me do Periscope. Let me do all these different things and get all that content simultaneously out there because there's going to be people that are going to see you from Facebook, but then there's going to be people that are see you from YouTube. There'll be people that'll see you from Twitter. There'll be people that'll see you from, from Periscope. There'll be people that'll see you from Snapchat. There's all these different places that people will see you from. So simultaneously, make sure that that content is out there. Syndicate that content in a lot of different areas. If you syndicate that content in a lot of different areas, then your business will explode because wherever you go, there you are. And people can't avoid you. And once they can't avoid you, then they feel like that they know you. Makes I love life. that. I love that perspective. The thing I love what you're saying there. I mean, I wish I would have done it sooner. I feel like I really made a huge emphasis on Facebook just over three years ago, and I made a decision I was going to make a post every single day. And I've only missed one day in the last three plus years. I had bad service. I forgot. Whatever doesn't matter the excuse, but I only missed one day. That's it, because I made a commitment that I was going to do exactly what you're saying right there. And guess what the great part about it is, is I became much better because I didn't want to put out crap content. 
So I started thinking, yes, yeah, sometimes I know you're going to post about your family, your friends, and life because, yes, that's important. People want to know who you are. But it made me better because I started having to think, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to post about? How can I become an expert? So I wasn't an expert as far as posting. I go back and I look at some of my posts from three years ago, and I think, I can't believe how bad that was. I can't believe I posted. So what I'd love you guys to do, on average, how often do you post? Do you post daily? Do you post twice a day? Do you post... Do you post once a week? Because you have got to be, and I always talk about this, I call it the law of recallability. It doesn't matter how good you are at something. If nobody knows who you are, they're never going to think about you. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how good you are. They're not going to think about it. You could have your best friend from 15 years ago, and now all of a sudden you're making great money, or now all of a sudden you started a new venture, and now all of a sudden you have an incredible product or service. But because you're not even posting anything on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere, they don't even know what you're up to because you haven't done a good job staying in touch with them. And it makes a huge difference. So the law of recallability is bringing things front of mind where now they start to think about you. They start to see what you're up to. They start to become curious. And eventually it gets to a point where I just want to do what you're doing. You look like you're excited. You look like you're going places. I'm not going places in my life. And that's what you said where you talked about some sort of, did you say you said some sort of sucker acid sucker you could sell even if you're careful? They don't care if you're selling acid covered chocolate blow pops. They just want to be a part of the team. They want to be a part of the movement. It's like I don't care what you're selling. I want to be a part of you. And when you're everywhere all the time, that 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 can happen, especially when you're giving out good content, just like you said. I love that. Well, that's a good question. There's a bunch of other questions we'll go through. Um, some of the other questions I'll ask from my good friend, uh, top leader in the industry, Nathan Wallace, uh, out of Australia. He says, what do you or your team say when giving expectations to a brand new person? And that was his, that was his first question. And then the second question is, do you prefer doing business face-to-face -face or online? So let's go with the first question. What do you say? How do you set expectations to the brand new person or what do you teach your teams to say or do or what do you do when a brand new person comes in and they're starting right now today meet them where they are this is this is so important this is so important so let's think about this for a second if you ask 10 people how much money do they want to make inside of their network marketing business a lot of people will say i want to make ten thousand dollars a month ask 10 people and seven out of ten of them six to six to seven out of ten of them will say i want to make ten grand a month however most of them have never made 10 grand a month ever in their life, let alone the side of network marketing. So I, I'd like to teach people to meet people where they are. So ask them, first of all, what kind of money would you like to be making that could be some life-changing income? Not necessarily if it was 5, 10, 15, 20 grand a month. Like what could an extra 500 or $1,000 a month do in your life right now? And shut up. First one talks loses. First one talks loses. If you were making an extra $500 to $1,000 a month right now, how would that change your life? Because some of us think, some of us think deep down inside that $500 to $1,000 a month can't change someone's life. And I come from a mortgage background where the average person lost their home because they were missing a little under $400 a month. So mm -hmm. we might be in it for thirty grand a month, fifty grand a month, hundred grand a month, twenty grand a month, whatever your number might be. But you'll never get to thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month if you don't have a team of people that are making five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. So meet people where they are, and when you ask them that question, "How could an extra five hundred or a thousand dollars a month change your life?" You're going to take them down a rabbit hole that maybe they didn't even think of. Well, man, an extra five hundred dollars a month—that means my car is free. Now, how much is your car note? Oh, my car note is four eighty a month. Also, if you were making an extra $500 a month, that means that your XYZ company will be paying for your car. Right. So now you've locked them into the perception of I'm making 500 bucks a month. My car is free. Now, the network marketing company might not even have a car program. However, you just gave them one because of that $500 a month. That $1,000 a month could be them accelerating their mortgage payment. It could be free groceries. It could be free power. 
You know, I know some people are, you know, on here from Arizona. That's like, you know, $2,500 a month for a power bill there. You know, I live in Florida where it's like, you know, 720 degrees in the shade, you know, so $1,000 a month in the summertime, that's a power bill. That could be free <laughs> power, okay? So think about the little things. Too many times we want to take somebody that might be making four or five grand a month at their job and then sell them on the perception that they're going to be able to get to 10, 20, $30,000 a month in a short period of time. And we technically are setting them up for defeat on day number one, because then if they're making $2,000 a month and they didn't get to 10 grand a month, you know, in six months or nine months or a year later, then all of a sudden everything changed. The second thing I would tell you is that make sure that they understand that network marketing is personal development with a product attached to it. Make sure that they understand that network marketing is personal development with a product attached to it. So what do I mean by that? So many of us put our growth on our team based upon how much money someone is making. When Rob, you've been in this industry for a long period of time. I've been around for a long period of time. This industry has made us better fathers. This industry has, has made us better. You know, I'm not married, but significant others made you a better husband can make somebody a better, you know, wife a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend, a better leader at their job, whatever the case may be. It might not be the money just yet. The money can be coming. And for those people who don't believe this, for those people who don't believe this, I want to frame this the right way so the divorce family doesn't come, come after me. <laughs> there is a, I don't know of anybody right now that, that you, you, you can talk to somebody that's been in, in, a, in a company that rhymes with Ramway. You can talk to somebody in a company that rhymes with Ramway that has been making $80 a month for 10 years and you still won't recruit them out the business. You can show them a $50,000 check. Technically, that's illegal. Don't do that. But let's say that you're doing illegal things and you, you show them a $50,000 check. This is what I made last month and I know you only made $82.17 and you've been doing this for eight years. Like, stop playing around and get busy. You won't recruit them. Why? Because they know it's personal development with the product attached to it. The company that rhymes with Ramway has them locked into personal development. They have them locked into the growth. They still have them locked into the CDs, locked into the VHS tapes, locked into the tapes, locked into the training. Okay, locked into these things. There's companies that are out there that are like that. You know, uh, there's one particular company that comes into mind right now, and I'm not even going to hint around it, but this particular company sells a particular that they sell something. However, there's so much training that the people are locked, man. They are locked. It's like college for them. It's like college. So I want you to sit back and think about the personal development with the product attached to it. And if you think about the growth that can happen over time, it's amazing. You know, I'm sitting here looking at the screen right now, right? I remember being a youngster, right? I remember being a youngster, Rob, and, and, and my, my principal used to stop talking to me when I didn't look at her. So I'll be talking and I would be looking around and, 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 and she wouldn't respond. Or if she was talking and I was looking around, she would stop talking. Then she would start back talking when I looked at her. Why do I, why do I bring it up to everybody? Maybe inside of network marketing, you start to learn the seven-second rule. Maybe some of you don't know the seven-second rule. Let me give it to you here real quick. It'll help some of you out that are doing presentations. When you're doing a presentation in front of 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 people, lock in on Johnny for seven seconds. Have your presentation lock in on Johnny for seven seconds. Say a couple things about your product, about your company, then lock in on Mary for seven seconds. Say some things about the product of the company, the cop plan as you're going through the presentation, then lock in on Billy for seven seconds. Then say something about the product of the, the company, the compensation plan, however you're going through your PowerPoint, then lock in on Amy for seven seconds. When you apply this seven second rule to these different people around the room, they feel as if you are talking directly to them. Seven mere seconds. Hmm. So you might learn eye contact. That's a lot better. Maybe your wife appreciates the fact that you can look her in, your, in her eyes right now. Maybe your kids can appreciate the fact that you're looking at her in her eyes right now. And some of us need to train our eyes. Here, let me give you, let me give you another one. For those of y'all that want to train your eyes, let me help you out. I want you to go into your bathroom tonight and take a, a stick of lipstick 
or stick a toothpaste or something really, really small that only you can see so it doesn't disturb your wife. And I want you to put a dot of it right there on the mirror. Just put a dot of it on the mirror. And every day when you brush your teeth, hopefully you're brushing your teeth every day, okay? That's something that you do every day, twice a day, by the way, twice a day. <laughs> so when you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth, after you brush your teeth and goggle, I want you to focus on that dot for 30 seconds. Don't look at anything else. Just focus on a dot for 30 seconds going on about your day. At night, when you go to brush your teeth, before you go to bed and say your prayers, after you goggle and get rid of that, 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 that stuff in your side of your mouth, focus on a dot for 30 seconds. Do this for 30 days in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, this will help you out on eye contact. This will help you out on your Facebook lives. Because now you're looking at the dot. You've trained your eyes to look at the dot. Think about that. You've trained your eyes to look at the dot. So if you think about the personal development, if you think about the things that you can learn, the stage presence, the fact that the number one fear on the planet is public speaking, people, you know what's so crazy about that, Rob? You know I'm a, an analogy freak. Let's think about this. The number one fear on the planet is public speaking. That means... Truthfully, that people would rather someone do a eulogy at their funeral than them do a eulogy at their friends. <laughs> That's crazy. That's scary. So it's like, you want me to stand in front of the room? No, I'd rather be dead. Kill me. <laughs> Inside of network marketing, a lot of us get in front of the room. So we start to learn public speaking. We start to learn these things. So don't just attach whether or not your team is successful on money. So make sure they understand, hey, it's a process. It's a process, okay? And you're gonna have to become better than what you are today. So it might take two months, it might take six months, it might take a year, it might take six years, okay? But the only way to lose is to quit. So let's focus on that. What you're saying right there, the thing I love the most is you give different analogies and you're going through everything, and I hope everybody caught all that. He's talking about value. People pay. Think about this. People pay to go to church. Think about that. Whether it's gas money, whether it's time, people pay to go to church because there's value for them. People pay to go see movies. They're not making money. They're paying to go see movies, and then they get there, and they're like, oh, I got to get the popcorn or it's not the same experience. And so even though I know that I'm getting ripped off, I'm going to pay for the popcorn. And, you know, I forgot to sneak a drink in my pocket. So I'm going to go pay a little bit of extra money and I'm getting ripped off and I'm going to pay for that drink because I want that experience because people want that experience. When you think about that from a value perspective, I have my brother-in-law did network marketing for a couple of years. He doesn't do it anymore, but he says forever that he makes a ton more money in his industry now because of network marketing. I can't tell you how many countless friends can tell you about the value. That's why I look at it and I say, why would anybody ever quit? When you look at the networking, when you look at the relationships, when you look at the skill set, just like said said, for me, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm a better father, husband, friend, brother. I'm a better neighbor. I'm a better person. I even had my family tell me a couple years ago, you're a different person. I was so scared that I wouldn't speak publicly at all, no matter what. In church, the leader came to me, showed up to my house three different times after the age of 16, and it was taboo to say no. And I said, look, you can call me up in the middle of church, and I still won't walk up. I'll walk out. That's how scared I was, and I was pretty shy. I wasn't a boisterous type kid where I was in your face. I would rather die at that point as Said's talking about that. That's exactly where I was. So I look at this industry and I look at the intangibles and too many times we undervalue the skills somebody develops, the relationship somebody develops, making three to $500 and we become weak. We become insecure is how I look at it. We become so insecure that we feel like, oh, we can't get anybody in that we're going to help make three or four or $500. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to overpromise. I'm going to have to overhype. And that's what gives our industry a bad rap. When you start looking at the value, the value, the value, the value. And those of you that have been in this industry, you know what I'm talking about. You know the value that this industry provides. So stop being so insecure. And I say that with love. I'm saying that lovingly bold 
because I was there at the beginning. I had a goal of I was going to make $50,000 a month within two years. And the problem was I tried to make that everybody else's goals. That wasn't a reality. That was, that was near impossible when you're starting in the industry. Even if you're great, you got to have things go your way. And it was near impossible. And I was selling that goal to everybody. And then I finally realized, stop making myself the issue. It's not about me. It's about them. And stop being so weak. And so I love, I love, love, love how you laid that out. So second question with that, do you prefer, and I think this is a big one, because we're talking about modern day network marketing. Do you prefer building your business, as the old school, they say belly to belly, which kind of sounds weird. I don't know why anyone would want to touch each other's bellies, but that just means meeting in person. Come on, let's try it right now, man. Come on, come on, come on, let's try it. Come on, it's belly to belly. Yeah, that's awkward. I'm trying it right now. I feel awkward even through the camera. I mean. (laughs) So what do I prefer today? I like the best of both worlds. I'm all about the best of both worlds. So, so here's what I mean. You create connections online, you develop relationships offline. You create connections online, you develop relationships offline. That's number one. Somebody text that and I'll put that up there. Say that again. I love that. Create connections online, develop the relationships offline. Okay. That's number one. Number two I want you to sit back and think about the fact that because of technology, how can we avoid it? Like, how can we avoid technology right now? Like, if you go inside of a maternity ward right now and there's a woman that's nine months pregnant, get ready to go into labor. If you take the ultrasound machine and put it to her stomach, her unborn child is sending a text message to the kids that are in the other room. They know technology already. If you ever wanted to figure out something in life that you couldn't figure out, you didn't know how to do your stove, you didn't know how to do your washing machine, you couldn't figure out the buttons on your Samsung television, go to YouTube and type it in, and there's a four-year-old that'll show you how to do it. So at the end of the day, we can't avoid the online side of the world. I don't think that anything's 100% online. I don't think that anything's 100% offline. Because at the end of the day, some people are going to gravitate toward different things. So there's some people that build 100% online that tell you that offline marketing doesn't work. You're wasting time. Okay. So let me let me defunk a myth really quickly. Some people you look might like you're about you look like you're about to go on a rant. So I, I'm excited. You're like trying yeah. to hold it, bottle it, and just let it out. Let it out. Let it out. Let it go. <laughs> Let me defunk a myth real quick. You know, some people might not like this, but those of y'all that know me, you know, it's it's this is going to come out. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Cedric, offline doesn't work. Meetings don't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, I'm never, ever, ever going to do a home meeting ever again in my life. You don't have to build your business doing home meetings. You don't have to build your business doing coffee shops. There might be some truth to that. However, however, if you go around and tell people, If you go around and tell people that they don't have to, you don't have to build your business this way. You don't have to build your business that way. People back in 1962 built their business that way. No matter if it's 2017 or if it's 1916, we as human beings love human interaction. We as human beings love human interaction. There's going to be some people that don't have a Facebook account. So what are you going to tell them to do? There's going to be some people that can't spell Periscope. What are you going to tell them to do? There's going to be some people that don't know what Twitter is. What are you going to tell them to do? Are you going to force them to get a Facebook account? Are you going to force them to get a Twitter account? Are you going to force them to do videos on Periscope? Or are you going to meet them where they are? So if I come across someone that has a Rolodex of relationships, a Rolodex of relationships, however, they're not on Facebook. I'm not going to force them to get on Facebook. They've got a Rolodex of contacts. So there might be a leader or two out there that's making 80 grand a month, 100 grand a month, 150,000 a month that says, well, well, you, you, you got to get on Facebook. This is just how we do it. Bullcrap. Okay, bullcrap. So what are you going to tell me? You're going to tell me that, that someone that's a six-figure earner at their job that wants to do network marketing, that's extremely connected, that if they call 80 people, 75 of them show up at their house, you're going to tell them 
not to do that? You know, when I came back in the industry full time, Rob, it was 2006 when I came back full time. I took a break. I was in the mortgage industry. When I got out of the mortgage industry, I decided to go full time in 06 inside of network marketing. Right. Been full time in this industry ever since. My father joined me in 2007 in a network marketing company. Now, my father is a 74 year old version of me. He's not that great on a tele. He's not that great on 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 computers and this and that. He just started getting hip to computers, you know. But at the end of the day, he's not a big gigantic text messenger and this and that. And and he, he's not on Facebook. He doesn't have a Facebook account. He doesn't have a Twitter account. He doesn't know what Periscope is. He doesn't he, he doesn't know that I'm live with the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Sperry right now. He can't cut on his TV and see me right now. He doesn't know any of that, right? However. When I was building that business that my father joined me in, I said, Dad, this is what I want you to do. And he picked up the phone and he called like 50 some odd people, Rob. And out of the 50 some odd people, 40 plus of them showed up at the house the following day. I ain't even talking a week later. The following day, 40 some odd people showed up at the house because my dad had credibility and they trusted him. And you know what was even crazier, Rob? This is how much trust was in the room. My dad came in there, all these people sitting in the living room, and he said, listen, me and my son just got involved in XYZ company. My son's going to tell you all about it. I'm going to be in the other room. I got a couple things to take care of. When he gets done, sign up. And he left. He went in the other room. 80% of the people signed up, not because I did this wonderful presentation. It was because of the credibility that my dad had. Gilbert hit it on the head. Influence. It was the influence that he had. So there could be a lot of people that have influence offline that just because you go on Facebook and they put some dramatic post up that they don't get 700 likes. You know, I know some I know people that can get on Facebook and say I had a ham sandwich for lunch and get 1100 likes. Now I got a ham sandwich for lunch, 1100 likes at the end of the year. They got 16 1099s and they made sixteen hundred dollars. But you think they made one point six million. Then there's people, then there's people that might not even be on Facebook. There's people that are on Facebook, but their influence is offline. They go and put something on Facebook. They don't get that much pull. You go to send them a friend request. You link up with them. And you're like, oh, well, this person, you know, they, they, they ain't about nothing. They, they, they ain't about nothing. My, my daughter, my daughter, right? My, my daughter, my daughter has some influence. She's not a networker, but she has some influence, right? She's not really big on Facebook, right? Partly because she knew that I had a pretty big following on Facebook. And when she figured it out, she was like, dad, I'm shipping to Instagram. <laughs> I got to I got to get away from you because you can see everything that I do. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to show up on Instagram. Like you can't run away. And then, like, and then she was on Snapchat after that. Now she's on Snapchat. And I haven't figured out Snapchat. That's exactly what now she's on Snapchat. I haven't chased her on Snapchat yet. So I let her do her thing now. So it's like, whatever. But I say all that to say that if someone went to my daughter's Facebook wall right now, they might not think that she has that much influence, but her following on Instagram is bananas. Her following on Snapchat is bananas. Now, she's 20 years old, whole different demographic, but do not discount the fact that there's going to be people with connections. One of my best friends inside of this industry does not post on Facebook a lot, like very rarely. Someone that I've known for years someone that's a phenomenal leader inside of this industry, strong six-figure earner inside of this industry. But if I give you a telephone and I give her a telephone, she will close 900% more people because of her relationships. It's the relationships. And so many people have forgotten this. They've forgotten that it's a relationship game. And sometimes that relationship game isn't online. Sometimes it's offline. So when I say meet people where they are, meet them where they are. They might have influence in their community, okay? Tap into the influences inside of their community. They might be the president of the homeowners association and they've got influence in the homeowners association, okay? Meet them where they are, okay? Oh, they've got influence on Facebook, great. They can launch on Facebook, they can launch on Snapchat, they can launch on Periscope, YouTube, whatever the case may be. But don't think that everybody has to be Ty Lopez to make money inside of this game. Everybody doesn't have to be Ty Lopez. Shout you and I have a really, we've got a really good friend that's made, 
as much money as almost anyone in the industry, a couple of them that never post or post a couple times a year. And you know who I'm talking about? One of the greatest studs. And multiple eight yeah and doesn't and, and, and it's so funny and so you just got to look at it and you got to understand i think what whatever i'm going to summarize this right here what you're being taught are principles too many times in our industry people think about rules if you can understand principles you can apply them to anything it doesn't matter it's like these days people ask me well modern day network marketing is lost, you know, how to do it. I'm like, well, you actually got to learn how to mix modern day network marketing with old school network marketing. Well, how do I do a three-way call? I'm like, get on Facebook Messenger. You get the new prospect. You get the other person. You edify and you leave a voice memo. Now you just use modern day network marketing with old school principles with third-party validation. I'm not saying you can't get on a Zoom. I'm not saying you can't get on FaceTime. I'm not saying you can't do a three-way call. But the point is a third-party validation. That is the principle. You can still absolutely 100% do that. So different people have different types of influence. And too many times what happens is we get in and we're so like system oriented. We don't understand the system's created to, to teach you principles. And or no, 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 our group just does it Facebook. So you've got to do it with Facebook or our group just does it this way. Look, duplication, I understand, is it's the holy grail of network marketing. But I think people, and I don't know your thoughts on this, I think people misinterpret du duplication because it's principle oriented. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different skill set. You're not going to duplicate Cedric Harris ever, ever. And you're not going to try to. But what you're going to try to duplicate are the principles that he's teaching. My mentor, he's made $30 million in the industry. He got me started in the industry. I'm never going to be him. And in fact, I don't want to be him. I love him to death, but his style is not my style. But guess what? I learned so much from him, as much from him as almost anybody in the entire industry because I applied the principle. And that's what you need to do in this industry is apply. And guess what the point of social media is? It's to turn strangers into real relationships. It's to take real relationships and maintain relationships. That is the objective. It is not to create this huge lead funnel where you're spamming people. Anybody who's good at network marketing understands that that doesn't work. You've got to provide value, 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 which goes to the very first question where Seth's just talking about, hey, you know, basically just be so good that people want to do what you're doing. They want to buy what you're doing. They want to be around you. They're buying you and anything associated to you. So I love that. Well, I'm going to get I'm going to get this last question because we've had. Hold on, 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 we ain't in this Facebook Live this soon. Oh, no, no, no. We're just getting warmed up. You said principles. You said principles. I, I want people to think about this for a second when we think about principles. If you're a basketball player, what do they focus on in the beginning? And still as a professional, dribbling and layups, dribbling and layups, dribbling and layups, dribbling and layups, dribbling and layups. Through the whole line in the beginning is dribbling and layups into some jump shots, into some threes, right? The, the person, the person that was watched the most, the person that was watched the most by most reporters in the NBA at every practice was Steph Curry. There wasn't mm -hmm. one person in the entire NBA that was watched more at practice by reporters than Steph Curry. And why was that? He was applying principles, the principles. How could he shoot the ball way back in the rafters and make it? He never, ever, ever went out of bounds and shot the ball from seat number 319 in the middle of the game. <laughs> never, okay? But at practice, he did. He was practicing the principles. It was just the principles that's all it was. How do you become a 95% free throw shooter? The principles. You're practicing the principles. Okay, how do you become good at dunking? Well, first of all, you got to be good at running first. You got to be good at jumping first. Okay, you've got to focus on the principles. But again, just like you said, so many of us forget that. You know, it drives me crazy when people say, we only do this, this one way and this one way. Facebook only and that's it. That's it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's so many ways to do the business. There's so many ways to do the business. You know, Brian Brown just made me think about something. 
He, he says three points with eyes closed, muscle memory. Okay, Michael Jordan. What did Michael Jordan do when he was practicing? When everybody else wasn't practicing, what was he doing? He was shooting the ball in the dark. He was shooting the ball in the dark. That's what he was doing when he couldn't see the basket. So we get inside of network marketing. Guess what we do? We practice on real life people. Eh, wrong answer. Stop that. Stop that. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So we practice on real people. We, we, we've got our three-way script. We've got this. We've got that. Our, our chat on Facebook, our post, whatever. We practice on real people. Practice on your girlfriend. Practice on your wife. Practice on your husband. Practice on your kids. Practice on the dog. Practice on the cat. Practice on the turtle. Practice on the snake. You want a happy girlfriend? Practice on her because today she's working and she might not be your wife. But if you keep practicing and you get good, then maybe one day she won't have to work. And a happy wife is a happy life. But if she continues to keep having work, 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 work after you've been practicing on everybody else for 10, 20 years, she might find somebody else that has figured out the principles. See, this is the stuff that we forget. This is the stuff that we, we forget. So we've got to keep the stuff simple. We got to keep it simple. We got to get the basics in. A three-way call is a three-way call. A presentation is a presentation. A Facebook post is a Facebook post. Whether it comes down to the dribbling, whether it comes down to the three-point shooting, whatever the case may be, it's the principles, just like Rob said, whether it was 1929 or whether it was 2017. No matter what your religion is, all of us were spawned from 12 disciples in some way, shape, or form. So that means that back in the day, recruiting was no different then than it was today. And even back then, people didn't believe. Even back then, they didn't believe, okay? And the proof is in front of your eyes. So at the end of the day, you got to sit back and you got to think about everybody isn't going to believe. I still got to practice the principles. Some people aren't designed to join me. It's okay. Maybe it's not their time. Maybe they'll never join. But when you're making $50,000 a month, you're going to need somebody to call to wash the car anyway. So hold on to their phone number. Okay. But you just got to become better. You got to become better. So in the words of Jim Rohn, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Wish you were better and become better by locking into videos like this and following leaders like Rob that just overwhelm you with value every freaking day. Like, it, look, if there's two things that I can count on every day, it's the sun coming up and a video by Rob in some way, shape, or form. And if I was going to doubt one of them, it would be the sun not coming up. So in some way, shape, or form, you're going to see him sitting in this car doing a freaking Facebook Live in some way, shape, or form, or there's going to be a post in some way, shape, or form. So if you're following people that are constantly giving you the value, that are giving you the principles, then you'll become better. And if you, the more and more you're listening, the more and more you're listening and you're absorbing, then all of a sudden you become those people. So that's my rant. Something he just said there is he went over all those principles. You think about that, all the analogies, and that's what I love. Learn this. All the great storytellers, all the great speakers, all the great communicators from the Bible all the way until now always give analogies, and that's what he did. Is he just gave an analogy, and so I'm going to follow his lead there. When he talked about it's not just practice. It's perfect practice makes practice. I taught tennis. I played semi-professional tennis for years. And I started thinking about it. And everybody's always talked about the 10,000-hour rule. And I thought about it. And I said, you know what? That's not true. And as I started doing the due diligence on it, it is and it isn't true. Because he just said perfect practice. That's the part that is missed all too often. I saw all these guys that had played tennis for 20 years. They weren't any better because all they did is practice. It wasn't perfect practice. So now what you're doing is, is – Start paying attention. Pay attention to some of the analogies and borrow some of these stories. Pay attention to the communication because, remember, good leaders have vision. Great leaders give vision. If you want to transfer from being a good leader to a great leader, you got to learn to not just say, oh, I'm sticking through this forever. That's a good leader. you got the vision. you got to learn how to communicate, transfer that vision to other people so well that they begin to see it in themselves, so well that they say, you know what? I can do that. I can be better. I can go from making $100 a month to $200 a month. I can go from speaking for 30 seconds to a minute or two minutes, whatever the small victory of success is. But it's that perfect practice of 
paying attention. I read 100 books my first 18 months in network marketing. Why? Because I needed it. I just didn't just read them. I took notes. I was the worst public speaker on the face of the planet who was whispering and said, knows this, when you talk to me in person, you can't even hear me most of the time because I'm so quiet. This is a learned version of me becoming the best version of me. So I will tell you, you talk to me in person, and you're like, man, this guy's just so quiet. Like he speaks if you meet me for the first time because it's just me. I had to learn not to become a different version of me but to become a better version of me. So pay attention to that. You're not just practicing, but you're actually saying, okay, how can I get better in the amount of time that I actually am doing things that I'm practicing, that I'm making things happen. As I always tell everybody, billionaires don't work harder than millionaires. Millionaires don't work harder than six figure earners. They've learned how to create that perfect practice. They've learned how to create more leverage, right? They're doing things the right way when they're going out and making it happen. So last question. How do you transfer from an employee mindset to an entrepreneur mindset? And this was a question that was asked. And the reason why I like this question is because, you know, everybody has this dream. I'm going to get network marketing. I'm going to be my own boss. But they were told what to do when they were kids. They were told what to do from their employers. They were told what to do from their parents. They were told what to do from everyone in all aspects of life. And all of a sudden now they've got this dream where they're their own boss and they can work whenever they want to. They can do whatever they want, and they don't have that same accountability. And people struggle. They struggle because they're used to having an employer, most of the time, pay them the least amount, but to keep them around. That's the goal of most employers, let's be real, to pay you the least amount, but I can still keep you around, to give you deadlines, right? And most, I said most, and I'm not trying to rip on jobs. Be grateful. If you have a job, don't, don't rip on your own job. Be grateful for your job and just work towards your dream if it's not your dream. But how does someone what – what are some tips you have to give people perspective on how they can transfer from that employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset? So I use a story. You know, I, I grew up a very interesting way. I grew up in a very uh, interesting neighborhood. And the top five people that I spent the most time with were pharmaceutical salespeople. I became number six. And no, we weren't selling Ritalin or Oxycodone. As we transition in life, if the top five people that you spend the most time with eat Twinkies and bonbons at 11 o'clock at night, you're going to be number six. If the top five people that you spend the most time with go to the gym, at six o'clock in the morning, you're going to be number six. If the top five people that you spend the most time with are in network marketing in some way, shape or form, you're probably going to be number six. If the top five people that are in network marketing that you spend the most time with that make five figures a month, there's a good chance that you're going to be number six. So we are what we eat. We are what we eat. So you want to transition. You want to transition from a, mindset of an employee to a mindset of an entrepreneur, then you have to surround yourself around those people because you tend to adopt that mindset. You know, we get into this industry, right, Rob? And here's what happens, right? All right. This is probably the best analogy that I can give. We, we get into this industry and let's say that you just won the lottery today for $5 million and you decided to go buy a Lamborghini. And you bought a royal blue Lamborghini today. Your dream car was on your dream board. And you went out there and you pulled it off the lot because you could afford to pay for it cash. And as soon as you got a block away, you got into an accident. Nobody taught you how to drive the Lamborghini. It's not the Lamborghini's fault that you got into the accident. Nobody taught you how to drive it. This industry is a six-speed car. Now, I don't know if anybody who just jumped into a six-speed vehicle on day number one and started driving it. Somebody was in the car with them. Ease off the clutch. Put it in first. Put it in second. Put it in third. Put it in neutral. Now that we're at the light. Oh, you can't, you can't come off the clutch and go straight into second gear or the car is going to stall. So someone was in the car with you. That's network marketing. It's a six-speed vehicle. It's not an automatic. So if the car starts bucking, you can't blame it on the car. It's not the car's fault. You just didn't know how to drive it. So so many of us want to blame it on the car. So it's got an 
AKA the company. Oh, it's the company, it's the comp plan, it's the timex, the leader, it's this, is that. But we never look at ourselves in the mirror and say, man, nobody taught me how to drive the car. I didn't read enough books to learn how to drive the car. I didn't look at enough videos to learn how to drive the car. I didn't get on enough conference calls to learn how to drive the car. I didn't pay attention to my upline enough to learn how to drive the car. I didn't go to enough generic events to learn how to drive the car. Hell, I didn't go to any of my company events to learn how to drive the car. But now we want to blame it on the car. It's not the car's fault. So when it comes down to the transition from being an employee over to an entrepreneur, it's all about who are we surrounding ourselves around? And are we learning how to drive that car? Now, here's the cool thing about it. What's different from a real life stick shift and the stick shift inside of network marketing is that technically I don't have to be in the car with you 24 seven. Technically I don't because see, as a part of technology, guess what? Rob and myself, we're in the car with you right now. It doesn't matter if you're in Ramway, Tamway, Elaluca, Chelaluca, this company, that company, doesn't matter. We're in the car with you right now. Right now we're in the car with you. Okay. So we're helping you drive the car. And we're not even in your company. This is all generic, but you're absorbing it. And guess what it's doing? It's allowing you to become better. And that by default starts to switch your mindset. It starts to switch your mindset. Something simple that you can also learn to do is learn to wake up without an electric rooster, mm. a.k.a. your alarm clock. An opportunity. That's right. Learn to wake up without an electric rooster. Because when you get so excited about what you're doing, you don't need a freaking alarm clock to wake you up. I don't know how many jobs that you're just so excited about that you just get up in the morning and that, that before the alarm clock goes off, you're like, yeah, that probably doesn't happen that often. But inside of this industry, it's the unknown that can get us out of the bed. Man, today might be the day that I, that I find a rob that I found a Travis, that I found a Brian. Today might be that day. I don't know. Today might be that day. So be so passionate about it that you don't have to wake up to an electric rooster and that'll get you in another habit of knowing that, hey, I don't have to get up to an alarm clock that forces me to go do something. Another thing that you can start to do, and these are just little minute things, right? But another thing that you can start to do is that if you have to go to lunch at 12 o'clock every day, don't eat lunch at 12 o'clock every day if you're forced to go to lunch at 12 o'clock if you had a job and punch out. I want you to get in the habit of eating when you're hungry. Hmm. Get in the habit of eating when you're hungry. Now, this sounds so minute, but it's always the simple things that we forget. See, mentally, mentally in high school, in elementary school, in college, middle school, we were taught at 12 o'clock is lunchtime. So now we have a job and at 12 o'clock it's lunchtime. And that's when we go to eat. We were conditioned. We were conditioned, right? Maybe you're not hungry at 12. So why don't you eat at two? Maybe you're hungry at 11. Just eat your lunch at your desk. Maybe at 12 o'clock when you got to punch out and go to lunch, do something else besides eat. Get in the habit of eating when you're hungry instead of being forced to do something. See, we get in this habit of being forced to do something, and a lot of us don't know where it comes from. And I'm going to end it with this because I, I, I love this. This is a, another analogy that I, that I give a lot that comes down to forceful thinking of why so many of us even have a job mindset. So many of us have a job mindset because of what was embedded in us. We were being indirectly trained and we didn't know it. So here's the analogy. From the first grade to the fifth grade, you did something for five days a week for five years and you got a result. The result was middle school. You went to middle school for three years, five days a week for three years and you got a result. High school. You went to high school for five days a week, four years, five days a week, eight hours a day. And you got a result. The result was college. Some of you went to college. You went to college for four years, five days a week, eight hours a day, and you got a result. 
So for 12 to 16 years, you were conditioned to do something for eight hours a day, five days a week to get a result. You were conditioned eight hours a day, five days a week for 12 to 16 years to get a result. And then you wonder why the first thing you do when you graduate from high school or college is that you look in the newspaper and look for a job that pays you by the hour. I've been on commission all my life. I don't know anything else. I love commission. I love if I don't sell, I don't eat. If I don't do this, I just don't eat. I'm just going to go hungry. It is what it is. Okay, it is what it is. But I love that. I get off on that because I don't want to be forced for someone to tell me that I work eight hours a day, five days a week. This is exactly my paycheck. That's not that's not exciting to me. And I understand the conditioning. So I wanted to break the conditioning. So I broke the conditioning earlier by selling stuff early. Because I started selling stuff and I started seeing a result. If I can make a hundred bucks in a day when I'm in the ninth grade selling candy, it's like, man, I can make a hundred dollars in a couple of hours selling Reese's Cups and now laters and Boston baked beans and I can get a result. I didn't have to go to work for 10 hours to do that. Why am I even at school? I don't know what they're teaching me right now. What is algebra for? Am I ever going to use that? But we get conditioned. We get conditioned. So let's think about the conditioning, ladies and gentlemen, let's think about the conditioning. We've got to learn to break the conditioning and you've got to recognize when there is conditioning and learn to break it. When you recognize that there is conditioning and you learn to break it, switching over to that entrepreneurial mindset, switching over to that mindset of, man, I'm, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry, switching over to the mindset of I don't have to wake up to an electric rooster, switching over to the mindset of eight hours a day doesn't mean that it's full time. You can make full time money in network marketing and two hours. You can make it in 30 minutes. You can make it in 10 minutes. You might make it in 10 hours, 12 hours, 16 hours, whatever the case may be. But eight hours in a day, 40 hours a week means nothing inside of network marketing because you can do it at 40 hours a week and be doing a whole bunch of busy work and not doing anything that's a money generating activity. So we've got to focus on money generating activities, things that are going to bring in more customers, things that are going to bring in more distributors and things that we can do that can help our distributors bring in more customers and more distributors. That's how you switch oh, from that job mindset to the love that. I love that. I haven't heard, I mean, I've heard so much on how we're told what to do for our entire lives, but looking at that, breaking that, breaking that, breaking that, where you're going five days a week, and that's just kind of how our brains are trained, and that go, train that goes back to the pair two principle, right, where we feel like we work off of deadlines. Whatever we have, we're going to figure it out. And so in our mind, it's almost like we have a deadline of I've got to work five days a week, 40 hours a week, and that's how I'm going to make network marketing work. And some of you are forced to figure that out, obviously, because 95% of people do this business part-time on how to make that work. But you got to stop thinking that way. you got to stop thinking. you got to start thinking, one, you got to start demanding success, expecting success, deserving success. How do you expect a man and deserve success is you got to do income producing activities like said just said there because I know all the time and you know it I've done it before so I'm not just calling other people out you go to someone and hey how did you do this week oh, I worked so hard I mean I was this is uh, this was like a full-time week I, I was just busting it this week really yeah I did everything what would you do well I went to this training and then I went to this training great how many new people did you talk to well, I talked to so and so and so yeah you talked to them last week how many brand new people did you talk to? Well, I'm not sure. Figure that out and come back to me. And most of the time, they talked to three brand new people. So they were trying to figure out a way to fill time. And most people, most people, here's one of the biggest myths. Most people that do this business part-time feel like they have to do this business full-time to be able to succeed. Very few people have I ever seen that actually really are doing this business full-time. Very few. They're full-time, maybe they act like they are, but all they do is fill those hours with busy work hours. Most people that transition from working 20 to 40 hours, most, I understand some have large organizations, they travel internationally. I'm saying most, they really aren't doing much in those 48 hours. Because when you put it in perspective of what the income-producing activities are and what real work is in this business, and actually real work is talking to new people, then you'll find that most people can't do it full-time. I know when I first transitioned into full-time, and I'll let you finish with that and then and we'll end this, but I tried to do it full-time. When I first started, I didn't have a large enough organization. I didn't have the skill set. My mentor kept telling me how hard he worked, and 
he was working 70, 80 hours, 30 plus million dollars. And I didn't even know how to do that. I was trying. I wanted to do that. I couldn't do it. There were only so many new people I could call. And I was trying to learn how to tap root at the time. And I was trying to learn all these skills. I was willing to travel wherever. I was willing. I didn't even watch TV for six months. And you know what? Looking back, it was more out of principle than time. Because I was doing a lot of busy work where I probably could have watched TV, but it was more as I was trying to declare to the world that I was willing to do whatever it took when I look back at it now. So I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's kind of my closing thoughts, and you can give your closing thoughts. But I just want to thank you so much for taking the time at this late night to be able to give so many incredible analogies. Now you guys understand that it's not fluff when I tell you that Cedric is one of my favorite speakers in not just the entire industry of network marketing, but in any industry because I love the passion, but I love the fact that he combines entertainment with incredible analogies and training lessons that I actually remember. I took things that I've never heard before that now I'm going to go use, and I'll give said credit for the first three times, and then after that I'll probably forget where it came from, and I'll act like I'm really smart, even though it came from him, because that's just how it goes. But three times, that's what I can guarantee. They will go back to you, and then after, be like, hey, that Facebook Live Rob's doing it. I taught him that. I taught him that. You can message me, and I'll say, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Listen, man, thank you for having me, and I really appreciate all the value that you're giving to the industry and the fact that there's so many people that you have that are on here, you know, from a leadership perspective that I'm humbled that you even reached out to me and said, hey, you know, let's let's do a Facebook Live together. And it was awesome to see you a couple of weeks ago in Slidell and, and rocking the stage and really teaching some solid, you know, social media principles. And and I'll, I'll, end, I'll end this Facebook Live with this. I guess it's only fair. We started off with a story and I'll end it with a story. And I'm going to attach this to the full-time networker for those people that really want to go full-time. It reminds me of, of when I was in the fifth grade. You know, and I, I started off, any of you to ever meet me, you realize that I don't have a football body. There's nothing about my body that says quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, offensive tackle, nothing. I am still looking for some muscles at 41 years old. I love fishing. That's my sport. I like some basketball too, but give me a freaking Shimano rod and a hula popper in a lake and I'm in heaven, man. But maybe the coach in the fifth grade saw that as well because all my friends were trying out for the Pee Wee football team. And as they were all trying out for the Pee Wee football team, I figured that hell, they're trying out for the Pee Wee football team. I should try out for the Pee Wee football team as well. And I went out to try out for the Pee Wee football team and I never got the ball thrown to me. I never threw a ball. I never even came off the bench. Nothing ever happened. Maybe, just maybe, I don't know if it was how I was walking or how I was looking or how the helmet was on my head. I have no idea. But the coach never called me into the game, and I never, ever, ever got into the game. I had my jersey on, though. I felt popular. I felt good. I remember going home on that Thursday night, and that's a night that Thursdays in my household that my mom always cooked fish, and I never forget it. I walked into the house, and my mom was cooking fish, and I walked past the kitchen, Rob, and I looked at my mom, and I said, hey, mom, I tried out for the Pee Wee football team today, and she looked down at me, and she says, look like he didn't get in the game, son, and she kept on cooking. Now, she did it really, really quickly. It was almost pretty gangster, Rob. She looked down at me and said, look like he didn't get in the game, son, and she kept on cooking, and I'm like, how did my mom know I didn't get in the game? Then I went into the bathroom and I washed up to get ready for dinner. And I realized as I looked in the mirror, there wasn't one grass stain on my jersey. Not one. That's how my mom knew I didn't get in the game. So for those of us that say that we're network marketing full-time professionals, how many grass stains are on your jersey? That's my question. How many battles are you getting into on a regular basis? Battles meaning how many new people are you talking to? How many three-way calls are you actually talking to? How many people are you teaching concepts to on gathering customers, on gathering distributors? But knowing deep down inside that this is a contact sport, and because it's a contact sport, your organization is going to do what you do, not what you say. So before you look down and say, hey, Billy, you ain't doing this, or Johnny, you ain't recruited this person, or you ain't did that, you should ask yourself, what have you done? What have you done? Because they're only following your lead. And since it's a contact sport, what's the lead that they're following? So if you're not getting hit because you're not talking to anybody, then there's a good chance that there's nobody getting hit inside of your organization because they aren't talking to anybody. So now you have a stagnant organization. Now, where I come from, when you see stagnant water, because I'm a fisherman. 
When you see stagnant water and the water isn't moving at all, ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole lot of mosquitoes around that water. You tend to walk away with a lot of bumps because there's no movement mm -hmm. inside of the water. There's no movement. So if your organization is stagnant, that means that there's mosquitoes flying around your organization. And mosquitoes in our terms could be other people that are lurking around your organization and you're wondering why they're getting picked off. And you're the one that's ended up with all the bumps because nobody's jersey is getting dirty. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get dirty. You say you want to be a full-time networker, you got to get dirty. You got to have some jerseys. You got to have some dirty jerseys. And you got to be able to show people that your jersey is dirty because the best way to be able to influence your team, the best way to be able to have fresh blood coming to your squad is for you to put in fresh blood into your squad and treat it like it's a freaking football team or basketball team because if you ever wanted to see your starter players pay, play better, if you ever wanted to see your starter players that have been on the same team for 15 to 20 years play a little bit better, have somebody fresh come in that has fresh legs, that doesn't have the same stinking thinking, and they go out there and they put up the same score. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the starter might feel as if, well, somebody might be coming in and taking my spot. And now they tend to play a little bit harder. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. With that being said, Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you for having me on here. Make sure that you continue following my man, Rob, because he's an unequivocal rock star. Thanks, my man, said. Until the next time, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Good night, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you go smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the latest and greatest podcasts. And as always, please go leave a five-star raving review. And then the last thing I always want to mention to all that listen to podcasts is if you go to www.robsperry.com, I have tons of free content there to help you out to build your network marketing business.